The Lord Jesus Christ is referred to in the book of 1 Corinthians as the second Adam. Because as God made a covenant with Adam, so too God made a covenant with Jesus Christ. And uh, he is the mediator of that new covenant. There is one uh, mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And so as Jesus ministers, we have been emphasizing that he has primarily done two things. One is to restore all that was lost through the fall of Adam. And then secondly, to achieve all that Adam failed to achieve in the purpose that God had for mankind. As we've been unpacking that, tonight we're going to look at uh, Christ's relationship to uh, the evil one and how Jesus Christ has overcome the evil one. I mentioned that uh, I am going to be focusing primarily on the millennial kingdom. And so tonight we look at uh, satanic activity and how that is limited during the time of the millennial kingdom. If you look with me at Genesis 3.14, it says, And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Now this is a, a very veiled or obtuse reference to the struggle that's going to exist between the evil one and the Lord Jesus Christ. But he is going to be victorious over the evil one to be sure. Uh, veiled in here is the aspect of the crucifixion, the, the, the wounding of Jesus on the heel if you were. But uh, he certainly is going to triumph over the, over the grave. And so he is going to uh, actually bring about a fatal blow, if you will, to the evil one. And so this evening, we're going to consider Christ's future kingdom as it relates to Satan. Theme. The present aspects of the kingdom partially, but not exhaustively, fulfills the features of the millennial kingdom as it relates to Satan. Just to review, we have looked that there are three aspects to the term kingdom as it's used in Scripture. There is the eternal kingdom that uh, God reigns over and has always reigned over and always will reign over. God is the eternal sovereign God. Uh, he is the king of kings, he's the lord of lords, and he reigns over all things. So we can talk in terms of God's eternal kingdom. We can also talk about the present kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. How he reigns in the hearts of the child of God. How he sits on the throne of our hearts. And... The eternal kingdom and the present aspect of the kingdom do not negate the future element of the kingdom, which is Christ's earthly reign here on earth when he comes back bodily uh, to this earth to reign uh, over uh, the earth. And so uh, we emphasize that tonight, like a criminal who has been sentenced to die and awaits the day of execution, so Satan is already judged and awaits the day of the administration of his, his sentence. Satan's judgment has been pronounced. It is sure. It is certain. But yet, not all of that judgment has been meted out to Satan. And it's going to be meted out, if you will, during and at the end of the millennial kingdom. 
That's one reason why we believe that the millennial kingdom is still future to us and, in fact, why it must come about. Because we need to see this complete and final uh, dealing with Satan. So, number one, Satan's ultimate defeat is assured. Satan's defeat has been made certain by the cross of Christ. Ephesians 1.19, What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet. So we see that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and in that great victory, God has placed everything under the authority of Jesus Christ. Everything is placed under his feet, it says in Ephesians 1.22. But the full manifestation of Satan's defeat is yet future. Hebrews 2.8, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, referring to Jesus, for in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him, but now we see not yet all things put under him. Sounds like a bunch of double talk, but what it's simply saying is everything has been assigned to the authority of Jesus Christ, but we do not yet see that authority being fully manifested. But one day it will. One day it will. So, number two, the first feature of the millennial kingdom is the binding of Satan. When I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. There is a sense in which Satan is bound now. Satan is bound with respect to those who are a part of God's kingdom by faith. To be, to be bound is to be held in custody. Certainly, there have been limitations placed upon, Jesus, uh, placed upon the evil one. Number one, Jesus in his earthly ministry spoke of his binding of Satan. Matthew twelve twenty seven to 29. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Present tense. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? So, in a sense, we can talk about Satan being bound now. And as we looked at last week, the miracles of Jesus were to announce the inauguration of his kingdom. And uh, so we saw that he reigns over all things, as illustrated in his control of the, the seas, uh, control of the winds. Uh, we see his bringing healing to the nations by the actual physical healings that he manifested. And then we see his power over the evil one in the fact that Jesus cast out demons. And uh, he demonstrated the fact that he has authority over them. Number three. There is certainly a binding of the power of Satan as it relates to the child of God, even in this present age. 1 John 4, 3 and 4. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
Greater is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit than this evil one who is in the world. The child of God is no longer under the dominion of Satan. Uh, Satan is referred to in 1 Corinthians as the God of this world. But in Colossians 1.13 it says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So presently there's a kingdom of Satan and there's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And we have been translated into that kingdom of Jesus Christ and Satan is very limited as to what he can do as it relates to the child of God. Because we do not belong to his kingdom and Christ reigns over him. But our text requires a fuller, more complete binding of Satan, which extends to binding or cutting off Satan's activity in this world completely. Revelation 20, verse 3. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. So number three. The second feature of the millennial kingdom is a casting of Satan into a bottomless pit. Revelation 20, verse 3. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years should be fulfilled. Satan is viewed as off the scene during the millennial kingdom. Satan is said to be cast into a bottomless pit, which in the imagery is simply saying he's, he's off the scene. He's not at work. Uh, Satan is unwillingly thrown out of his domain on earth to a place God has temporarily reserved for Satan and his fiendish cohorts. The beast comes from the bottomless pit, Revelation 11.7. And when they shall have finished the testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Satan is said to be shut up during the millennial kingdom. Uh, shut up in the sense of being stopped. The fiendish activity of Satan will come to a stop. Note how the term shut up is used elsewhere. Revelation 11.6. These have power to shut heaven, that it does not rain the days of their prophecy. To close heaven down, if you will. So Satan and his activities are going to be closed down during the millennial kingdom. He will not be operative at all. Satan is said to be sealed. Revelation verse three, 20 verse 3. And cast him in the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him. So there are three different images all to uh, demonstrate the fact of the certitude of all of this. He's going to be cast into a bottomless pit. He's not going to hit the bottom. He's going to be falling, 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 falling. He's shut up, barred, so that he cannot get out of that pit. And then there is a seal that's set upon him in this, this pit which is uh, the mark of God himself, so that it cannot be overcome. That he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that it must be loosed a little season. Satan is in a secure place from which he is unable to break out. Satan is in this place of imprisonment until he is loosed or set free at the end of the millennial kingdom. Right now, Satan is very much on the scene. 1 Peter 5.8 be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You see, uh, we don't hold to this amillennial view that says, right now, Christ has established his uh, kingdom presently. 
Well, there's a sense in which he has, but there's a large sense in which he hasn't. And one of the ways you can see it is that right now, Satan is prowling about like a roaring lion. He has full access to this earth. He can go wherever he wants to go and try to wreak havoc and bring all kinds of, of uh, hardship. Now, when I say he can go wherever he wants to go, obviously he's under the domain of, of uh, Christ. He can only do what God allows, but God has given him a rather long tether uh, to be very active. Uh, Number one, Satan still has access to heaven in this age. Job 1, 6 and 7. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. So here's this picture of Satan actually coming before the very throne of God and giving a report. Showing that he's under the dominion. Of God, but amazingly seen as being in the very presence of God. Uh, so not only does he have the freedom to roam this earth, but he is, at least from time to time, summoned into the very presence of God. Number two, in the future, during the tribulation period, Satan will no longer have access to heaven. Revelation 12.10 and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accursed them before God day and night. So there's going to be a casting down or an eviction of Satan from the presence of God. There's going to be a time in the future in which he's no longer going to have any access to the presence of God. Three, when Satan is first cast out of heaven... He is seen not as being assigned to the bottomless pit, but to the earth. Revelation twelve thirteen. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. So he's cast out of heaven to the earth. And number four, the casting out of Satan from heaven to the earth is seen to be the cause of the great misery of the great tribulation. Revelation twelve twelve. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens. And you who dwell in them, woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you. Uh, having great wrath, knowing that he is only a short time. Uh, Satan realizes that he has a very limited uh, sphere of activity at this point. And he's on the warpath uh, to wreak havoc against uh, all those that uh, he's able to do so. Uh, see, the casting of Satan in the bottomless pit which he is shut up and sealed, must be viewed as a future event. That's future to us. And it's future to this casting down out of heaven to this earth, living here, and then he's trying to wreak all the havoc that he can. Fourthly, the third, third, uh, the third feature of the millennial kingdom is the restriction of Satan's ability to deceive the nations. A. Satan is viewed as deceiving the nations through the means of lying spirits, and lying men that do great wonders during the present time, and even more so in the tribulation. Revelation 12, 9, The great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old was called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Number one, note that when Satan is cast out of the earth, he is still deceiving the world. And the beast was seized, and with him, the false prophet, and performed the signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. All referring to 
events during the tribulation period. All to say, again, this is future to us. This isn't happening at the present time. It's happening in the future. But it might be well to say at this point that in, in some sense it's continuing into the future because Satan is active now in order to deceive people. But that deception is going to grow greater and greater as time goes on. As we move towards the beginning of this millennial period, that deception is going to become much more active and much more powerful to the point that he's even going to be able to raise the dead. Uh, and so he's going to deceive a lot of people into worshiping him and receiving the mark of the beast. Two, this deception is identified by Christ as an event still future to his earthly ministry. Matthew twenty four twenty one. For then there will be a great tribulation, such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever shall. And unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days shall be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, Behold, here is Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise, and will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. So it is going to be so persuasive that he's going to deceive everyone except the elect, but it is so persuasive that, that it says that even some of the elect are, are going to perhaps struggle with this concept. They're, they're not going to worship him, but, but, they're, but they're going to marvel, they're going to be amazed, and they're going to say, what in the world is going on? That's why you need to be aware of it. That's why you need to, to understand. Uh, there's going to be great, great uh, signs and wonders. I'm not one that uh, is, uh, proclaims the sky is falling, the sky is falling, that the Lord is returning. Uh, tomorrow, I don't have a clue as to when the Lord is going to return. The scripture says, no man knows the day nor the hour. But it is interesting in the day in which we live, I think there are more and more deceptive kinds of at least miraculous claims than there has ever been in any previous generation. And uh, I see that as only getting worse, not better. Number five, the fourth element of the millennial kingdom is the loosing of Satan for a brief period of time at the end of the millennial uh, kingdom. Satan will be loosed from his imprisonment, Revelation 20, verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. B, the loosing of Satan is not before or during the millennium, but at the end of the millennium, and when the thousand years are expired. So here we have, at the beginning of the millennium, he is seen as being bound, he's being as shut up, he's cast in the bottomless pit. Can't get out. But at, towards the very end of the millennium, in fact, at the very end of the millennium, uh, he's going to be released. He's not going to break out. Uh, he's not going to be able to undo the fetters. Uh, he's not going to be uh, broken out by legions of, of fallen angels. He's going to be released. He's going to be loosed on purpose by God. See, the result of Satan's being loosed is the deception of the nations. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. The aim of the deception is to have individuals war against Christ and his people. Revelation 20, verse 8. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them 
together to battle. So this is the great cataclysmic battle of all time in trying to ascertain who is the true ruler of this world. Uh, it is Satan's ultimate and final rebellion. And, of course, he is going to be defeated miserably. But this rebellion will be widespread, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. So there's going to be a host of unregenerate people that are going to follow the evil one and uh, want to wage war against Christ and his people. But God himself will achieve a great and total victory. The deceived nations throughout the earth will come to make war with saints and with Christ. Revelation 20, verse 9, they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. God himself, without any human intervention, defeats this foe. Fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So it's not a great battle at all. They gather together for a battle, but God intervenes. The greatness of this victory is seen in the triumph over the enemies of God. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are. The totality of the victory is seen in the consignment of Satan to a permanent place of eternal torment. The devil was deceived from them, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That is the end. That is the purpose of God's dealing with Satan. He is not exterminated. He is punished forever and ever. But I would point out to you that's really crucial, and it is so different than the caricatures that we have of, of Satan in hell. The caricature that you have of, of Satan in hell is, you know, you've got this devil in a red costume with a long tail and a pitchfork and, and the ears and sometimes a cauldron. And he's stirring the pot and he's making it miserable for all that are gathered there. Uh, he's reigning over hell and he is fiendishly pouring out torment on others. There's a measure of truth to that. There are going to be people in hell and they're going to be experiencing torment. But Satan is not there as a ruler. He's there as a fellow prisoner. He is not meeting out the torment. He's experiencing the torment. He's experiencing the pain. He's experiencing everything that everyone else is, and I believe even more. I believe that his punishment is more severe than the punishment of any other being or creature. Uh, he is tormented day and night forever and ever. Conclusion. God is going to make a complete and final end to Satan at the end of the millennial kingdom. That end is certain, but not yet made a reality. Before that complete and final end of Satan comes, Christ demonstrates his supremacy over Satan and allows us to see what this world would be like apart from satanic influence and activity. But there is going to be an end to Satan. And when there is this end of Satan, then the scripture says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And then there's going to be an entirely different but yet similar situation for us in the future. I will deal with that more at a latter time. But tonight, the main focus is we're not in the millennium yet. And one of the things that really shows it is the relationship of, of 
Satan to Christ in the present period and the future period. Right now, Satan is still prowling about. Satan still has his dominion. Uh, Satan is still deceiving people. And that's only going to get worse and worse and worse. But at the beginning of the millennium, it's going to stop. And the scripture says that Christ is going to reign with a rod of iron. He's going to bring all rebellion to an end. There's going to be complete peace and tranquility during the thousand-year reign. At the end of the thousand years, Satan is going to be released in order for a complete and final manifestation of victory. He's going to lose and lose decisively. In that loss, he is going to be punished forever and ever. Then comes a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, we praise God that suffering and pain and sorrow and evil will one day come to an end. One day come to an end. And it is in that sense that the scripture says, O oh Lord, come quickly. Uh, we long for that day of deliverance uh, when uh, we see the manifestation of the presence of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word, and we just ask that you would help us to live in anticipation of a new era, a new day, in which the evil one is completely bound and totally limited as to what he can do, not only in the life of the child of God, but in the life of the non-believing world as well. Uh, Lord, we rejoice in the great victory that is the Lord Jesus. And we anticipate, believing that everything is under his power now. We pray that that would be manifested completely. Even as you have taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We long for that day when your will is done on this earth, the way in which it's accomplished in heaven. So even so come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, and you are dismissed.